Welcome to the Transformation Church Podcast, where we're leading people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. We hope this message inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you a fresh perspective on God and His Word so you can see transformation in your own life. Enjoy the message. How many know that every once in a while, something comes along that changes everything? Right? The iPhone changed everything for our culture. Do you remember back in the days when we used to actually talk to one another and make eye contact? Anybody remember that? Um, I don't know about your family, but in my house, I can be in the same room and everybody is still texting me, right? Um, Some of you may remember this. Do you remember the day when you went on a road trip and you actually had to bust out one of these bad boys? Like all the younger kids in the room have no idea what this is. This is a atlas, right? It's a big map. And uh, back in the day when we'd go on a road trip, we'd have to bust this thing out in the front seat. And uh, they talk about distracted driving now, like just looking at your phones. I mean, I mean, back then we looked like Christopher Columbus, like looking for the new world in the front seat, right? Um, yeah, the iPhone changed everything. Now that we don't need this anymore, thank the Lord. Ha! Ah, look at that. I'm not going to tell you that I was aiming for my wife and I held on to that too long. Don't sign me up for the volleyball or the uh, softball team. Um, But the iPhone changed everything uh, as it relates to our culture. But um, how many know that the resurrection changes everything for our lives? Amen? Amen. Well, today, I want to take a a few moments, and I want us to look at um, an Easter story that's kind of rarely talked about in Luke chapter 24. Uh, Today, I want to talk to you from this title, Easter Changes Everything. Easter changes everything. Hey, turn to uh, three people. Tell them Easter changes everything. Easter changes. Well, hey, let's prepare uh, for God's word today. Say this out loud with me. Father, as I open your word today, speak to me. May I have ears to hear, a heart to receive, and the courage to respond. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, how many of you know that life doesn't always go the way that we hoped it would, right? It doesn't always go the way that we hoped it would. Maybe, maybe it was a job loss. Maybe for us, it was an unexpected diagnosis. Um, maybe for you, you're a, a business owner and you had kind of worked out this business deal and you thought everything was going to go through and, and you were looking forward to, to uh, what was going to happen when it did and it went, it failed. You know, whatever it is, when this happens in our life, we often get feelings of confusion. We get frustrated a little bit. We sometimes even feel stuck in life. And that's what we see in this story that we're going to read today in Luke chapter 24. We find two of Jesus's followers. They're confused, they're devastated, they're hopeless. And the reason why is because they were in Jerusalem and they had just watched Jesus die on the cross. For them, they had left everything to follow Jesus. And they had this this hope, they had this expectation that, that Jesus was going to be a conquering Christ, that he was going to save them from Roman rule, but instead they ended up getting a crucified Christ and they were devastated. 
And so they do what oftentimes we do in our life when we lose all hope and life doesn't go our way, that with aching hearts, they walk away from Jesus. Look with me in this story in Luke chapter 24, starting in verse 13. It says, that same day, say same day, day. two of Jesus's followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. What's important for us to understand about this verse as it goes into the story is that it was the same day that Jesus was raising from the dead. They were in Jerusalem. They saw him get crucified on Friday. They experienced the day of waiting. Um, I don't know about you. I don't know if maybe you're in the, the Saturday of life today where Uh, Jesus has been crucified, but you're still waiting on the risen Savior. Maybe it's that gap of expectation where where tomorrow quite hasn't played out in your life. And, And here they are in that moment, the same day that Jesus was about to raise from the dead, and they turn from Jerusalem and they head towards a village called Emmaus. Like, I want you to picture in this moment these two, the the promise of the risen Savior, the person who had explained to them time and time again that he had to die on the cross and that he would come back to life again. And they are walking away from the promise the day that the promise is getting ready to come to pass. In verse 14, it says that as they walked away, they were talking about everything that had happened. They're They're talking about their expectations. They're talking about the hopes that have been dashed. They're talking about what their life is going to look like now because Jesus was supposed to do all of this for them and now he's gone. Their expectations are shattered. This has to be the lowest point in their life. And then we see this in verse 15, which I have kind of a twisted sense of humor, and I I find this kind of humorous. But as they're walking, right, away from Jerusalem, the day that Jesus is going to rise from the dead, and they're talking to one another, as they're talking and discussing these things, Jesus himself appears. Jesus just, like you can imagine, these two walking down the path on the way to Emmaus and Jesus hanging off on the side of the road and they walk by and he just like, he just like eases his way into the conversation and began to walk with them. And in verse 16, it says that in that God kept them from recognizing him, that God kept them from recognizing him. I think the reason why God did this is because he recognized that these two had a trust problem that these two had an inability to trust God, that despite Jesus telling them and warning them that this was gonna happen, they're walking away from the promise. And I think about sometimes in our life, like could it be today that the very day on the other side of this day is the, the promise of what God has been speaking and encouraging you to do? And how many times do we in our life walk away from Jesus right before the breakthrough. And we see this happening in this story here, that they have this trust problem. And I, I honestly, I don't understand what has led to the trust problem. I don't know if they just kind of refused 
to believe what Jesus was saying or if they just couldn't understand. Because if you know anything about the Bible and Jesus, you know that sometimes he would talk in, in parables and analogies and maybe Jesus had mentioned some things to them and they didn't quite understand it. But, but either way, the fact is, is that they are headed in the opposite direction the same day that he promised to come back to life. And so I believe God is, is, is being gracious and merciful with them as he oftentimes is with us and taking this opportunity where Jesus is there to begin to help them process through their lack of trust. And he says in verse 17 that, that he asked him, Jesus is asking, what, what are you guys discussing so intently as you walk along? And, and they kind of stopped short. I, I'm, I'm assuming what that's saying is that they're walking and, and we got this like strange dude that's here that's probing and asking some questions. And, and, he, and he asks this question, like, what are you guys talking about? And they just, they just in this moment, they come to a stop and they stand there and, and it says sadness written across their face. It can, you could kind of imagine like the heaviness that is in their heart that, that everything behind them is where their hopes and their dreams were. And that seems completely shattered at this moment. And they, and they stand here with Jesus and, and uh, here's what they said. It says, then one of them, uh, Cleopas, replied, and I'm going to say Cleo because I'm really bad at pronouncing names. So um, Cleopas or Cleo says this, that you must be, I mean, think of this, you must be the only person in Jerusalem who hadn't heard. Like they come to a stop, sadness all over them. Jesus is right here and they turn to Jesus and he's saying, what are you guys talking about? And he's like, you must be the only person in Jerusalem that has not heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. And I can only imagine Cleo just like the look that he was giving Jesus in, in the moment. And, and then I want you to watch what Jesus says in verse 19. He, <laughs> he, he says, what things? I mean, this is the dude that was hanging on the cross. This is the guy that was raised from the dead. Like the story is his story. And he's standing right there and he's like, what things are you talking about? Like, like it just, it's so funny. But I think that what Jesus is trying to do in this moment is what any good counselor does in our lives. He's trying to pull the disappointment from deep where we kind of push things in our life. We push emotions and we try to, we try to feel like we're hiding them from everybody else. But, but Jesus is here trying to pull that out like any good therapist would, trying to help them see the reason for the disappointment, the reason being that the, their lack of trust in what Jesus was saying, that even though life hasn't looked the way that they kind of imagined and thought it would look, doesn't make Jesus a liar, and it doesn't make the reality of that he can do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think in our lives, just because he died on the cross doesn't mean it can't happen. And so what we see here, he says that the things that happened to Jesus that the man from Nazareth, that they said, and I want you to notice the past tense in this verse, says that he was a prophet. Like not that he is the prophet, not believing that he's gonna 
do mighty works in the future. He's like, no, he's a, he's a has-been. Like he was a prophet who did powerful miracles, not as doing and not who was gonna do, but who did powerful miracles. And he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. Friend, I wanna give you some advice today. And this is some advice. I don't know what your spiritual journey is and Maybe you're a follower of Christ or, or maybe you're here because a family member dragged you in and you figured I'll get a free meal out of it or something, like totally cool. But this is some advice that I wanna give you no matter where you are in your faith journey and it's this. Don't get so stuck in what was that you miss what is. Don't get so stuck in the disappointments of life and things not going your way and and hope over something in the past being shattered, keep you from what is. And that's what's happening with these two on the road to Emmaus. They were, they were disappointed about what was. Like, they just, they couldn't understand what Jesus was doing. Um, they had given up again everything to follow him, and now all of a sudden he's dead. And they were just, they were so distraught over that that it made them clueless over what is. The fact that Jesus Christ is standing in their midst. And it goes on to say in verse 20, but our leading priest and other religious leaders, they handed him over to be condemned to death and they crucified him. And then, and then Cleo says something, he says three words in this next verse that I think all of us have felt at some point in our life. He said in verse 21, that we had hoped. We had hoped. Like I know this is thousands of years separated from today, but, but imagine the hope and the expectation that they had in their life about what their future was gonna look like and and that hope and expectation has now been, been shattered and, and they're heading back to, to Emmaus, back to the town that they had come from, turning their back on, on where Jesus was and the, and the promise and, and the response. This is that pulling out of, of the infection. How many know you gotta get the infection out in order to get healing? And Jesus is taking this moment and he's trying to get the infection out of these guys that they say that we had hoped, we had hoped that he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. Friend, let me ask you something today. Like Cleo here, have you ever put your hope in something to see it come crashing down? Have you ever had hope in a situation or hope in someone and, and when it didn't work out the way that you thought it would work out, the the hurt that is in your heart, the disappointment to the point that it caused you to walk away from the promise, to walk away from Jesus. Maybe for you today, it was a marriage that didn't work out the way that you thought it would work out. Or maybe today you're a student and you were hoping to get into a college or a grad school and, and you didn't get into the school. Or maybe today you're a, a family and you've been wanting to have kids and 
You've always longed for your entire life that you would be able to raise a family and raise kids, but for whatever reason, it's not happening. Or maybe today you just, you want to get free from the addiction that just seems to be destroying the relationships that matter the most in your life. Friend, we've all had hopes and we've all had expectations that have been shattered to the point that we either go emotionally numb or we consider doing what these two did, walk away. But I want you to hear me, if that's you this morning, that you need to know today that the resurrection of Jesus on Easter Sunday can be a game changer for you like it was for my friend Gloria. Take a look. One of the toughest times of my life, um, it was 2018. This is um, when I came here to Tallahassee. Um, my, three of my family members passed away and I experienced things that I had never experienced before, like depression, anxiety, um, out, outburst of anger, uh, outburst of just, I think I hit a very low point in my life. Um, and my poor kids had to suffer through that with me. And I'm actually going to cry. Because it still hurts. I felt very hopeless when I lost, like, when I lost my cousin. She died um, in a car accident. And then my grandpa passes away a couple months later. I feel like I, I, I was still hurting, aching for my cousin who had passed away. And then grandpa but the one that really like took it um, uh, was when my uncle, my uncle Numar passed away. <sighs> he was like a dad to me, you know, like he always took his time to love on me. It was just very hard because it was very unexpected. His death was unexpected. And through all this, like there was many, many, many times in which um, I felt like just giving up, you know, because I was like, my God, but you promised, you know, but you said if I seek you, I'd find you. You say if I, if I um, was faithful, you'd be faithful, that you'd answer my, my prayers if I kept knocking, if I kept praying, if I kept doing this or that. And I thought that because of my good deeds, because of serving, because of loving, because of doing, that he would answer my prayers. You know, and I had to learn and understand that even if, you know, even if he didn't answer, that even if he didn't do what I asked, that he was still faithful, that he was still caring for me, that he was still loving me. And I had to just remember back to many, many circumstances and times that he saved my life. It was very hard for my brain to wrap around that, you know, and even knowing the truth. Um, that's how the healing began. Like I entered his house, I entered here, Transformation Church, and as soon as I entered, like I felt his presence, just what I needed. Um, and it was so beautiful, and that was the start. That was the start of my healing um, process. Just, I recognized, I knew that I needed his presence, that there was no other way that I was gonna pull through. 
and then just I started seeking little by little again I started seeking his his word and prayer and just proclaiming the word that I already knew that I already knew and um, it's all worth it like it's all worth it there's not a, a battle there's not a challenge there's not a pain that I've gone through that he has not been there that he has not shown his power and his mercy and his love time and time again he pulls it all together and he he uses it all for the glory of his name and then you can look back and that's what I, I do now like I can look back and I could just rejoice and, and and be happy and say like wow it was all worth it like he still brought beauty out of that dirt out of those ashes out of that pain he still brought something beautiful something wonderful so my name is Gloria Najera and Easter changed me you know Gloria's story reminds me of a verse in Psalm 23 that most of us have probably heard before. It says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, through a dark valley, a hopeless valley, that it says that I will fear no evil. Like, I, I'm not going to fear the worst. Why? Because you are with me. Despite the loss of three family members who meant so much to Gloria, she found hope when she invited Jesus into her pain and her disappointment. The friend, it was then that Jesus became a game changer for her. And we see that same thing happen in this story in Luke 24. That it says in verse 28 that they were nearing Emmaus Emmaus was eight miles from Jerusalem and their trip, they had gone seven miles and they're, they're nearing the end of the journey is what it says. And friend Emmaus, it, it represented a, a disappointing future. Now that their hope for a better day was, was lost, it represented settling for what was rather than being aware of what is. And it says Jesus acted as if he were gonna go on and, and they begged him, stay the night with us since it's getting late. And then they said this. So he went home with them. Gloria made a statement in her video about coming back home Church, it's one thing to let Jesus change something in our life, but it's a whole nother thing to let him change everything in our life. And that's what happens with these two people walking away from the promise. And that's what happened for Gloria. That things started to change the moment that they invited him into their home. Watch what happens in verse 30. 
that as they invite Jesus into their home, that it says that as they sat down to eat, that he took the bread, meaning Jesus, and he blessed it. And then he broke it and he gave it to them. And in verse 31, it says that suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Here's what I think transpired in that moment is that as they sat around the table and Jesus grabbed the bread and he broke it and he blessed it and he reached across to hand the bread to the two followers that as he extended his arms, his robe began to pull away. And it was at that moment that they looked at the bread and they couldn't help but to see the scars on his wrist. And suddenly, it was a revelation. It was a revelation that this is Jesus the Christ, the one who was crucified just two days before, the one who promised that he would come back that now that I've invited him into our home, I've seen Jesus in a dimension that I didn't see him before. They learned in that moment that hope isn't found in something, but it's found in someone. And that someone is Jesus Christ, amen? Probably my favorite part of the story is this last verse that says in verse 33 that within the hour that they were on their way back to Jerusalem. There was something about the revelation of Christ in their home, something about them making the decision to invite him in that allows them to see him at a, at a dimension they didn't see him at before that began such a transformation in their life and their level of trust that they went back to the place that they should have been in the first place. Friend, how is this Easter story a game changer for you? And how is it a game changer for me? It shows us that when we find ourselves broken and disappointed and hopeless because life hasn't gone the way that we hoped that it would, and when that disappointment causes us to head in the wrong direction, that we can know and trust and have confidence in this, that there is a God who is constantly pursuing us, who loves us so much that he would send his one and only son to meet us on a road in our darkest season. That even though we may not recognize him in the moment, that we are one invitation away from Jesus changing everything in our lives and getting us headed in the right direction again. Amen? Amen. Amen. every head bowed and eye closed today friend maybe that's you maybe you've you've seen in your life you've life hasn't gone your way and you've been headed in the wrong direction you feel like you're stuck in life did you know that today
that Easter can change everything for you, that Jesus can change everything for you, but he's just one invitation away. You inviting him into the home of your heart. With every head bowed and eye closed, I'm not gonna ask you to stand or to come forward. I'm not gonna embarrass you in any way, but right there where you're seated today, I wanna lead you in the most important prayer of your life. Maybe today you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe today you're like the two that are on the road to Emmaus, that you once walked with him, but, but life has brought disappointment and you found yourself headed in the opposite direction. Today is a divine appointment for you. And all you have to do is invite him into the home of your heart. If that's you today, I want you to just slip up your hand for a second or two, just as a declaration of the Lord. And I want to get he headed back in the right direction today. Yeah. Yeah. If you raised your hand today, I want you to pray this with me and church family, pray it out loud with us so they're not alone. Say this in your heart, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for my sins. Forgive me. And come and live inside of me. Change my heart and be the leader of my life. Give me the courage to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Church, can we give it up for those? I prayed that prayer today. Welcome to the family. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed today's message, be sure to share it with your friends and tag us at TransformTLH. Thanks again for listening, and we look forward to seeing your face in the place someday. Have a great week.